More than the clothes we wear, style is about the way we move through the world. On this episode of Beyond Style Matters, I talk with American design duo Badgley Mishka. Though we all know that mixing business and pleasure can be very precarious, Mark Badgley and James Mishka have it down to an art. The designers, who brought high glam into women's lives in a very user-friendly way, first met when they were design students at Parsons in the early 80s. They became romantically involved in 1985, and despite the fact that starting any business with a loved one can definitely have its challenges, they threw caution to the wind, joined creative forces, and launched their Badgley Mishka label together in 1988. It went on to become an iconic red carpet brand, and in 2013, the couple formally tied the knot. While it must be a daring balancing act, somehow these two are making happily ever after look easy. Mark Badgley and James Mishka, it has been way too long, way too long. I'm so thrilled to welcome you to this episode of Beyond Style Matters. You're looking fantastic. Obviously, things are going well, or so it seems. <laughs> you've got you, you've got your smiles on. <laughs> We're not complaining. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's been you know it's been a difficult year. It's been a, you know exactly a year since we started shutting down in New York, and um, it's been quite. Quite a roller coaster year for all of us, everybody. Yeah, for everyone in the industry, especially, it's been uh, really hard. You know, it's been hard for uh, for business, uh, but it's also been hard for for pleasure for uh, for those of us who love socializing and you know love the parties and love getting out there and and strutting it. You know, and as a result, uh, we don't get to wear these fabulous clothes as much as we'd like to. Our clothes are really <laughs> categorically, for the most part, special occasion clothes. And so, you know, our woman comes to find something here that um, she's going to go congregate with a bunch of people and celebrate. And as we all know, there's not a a whole lot of that happening right now. But we're optimistic that things are going to happen in a big, fabulous way. Uh, Another few months and we'll start heading out of this. The beat goes on. Yeah. Okay. Now, another reason that, you know, things have been tense for some people and not as much fun if they're having to spend a lot of time with people that they don't get along with. But, you know, obviously that's not a problem for you. I mean, it must be pretty sweet to be able to be with each other because you must still love each other madly as uh, as you did, you know, the first day I met you, right? I mean, relationships are, you know, funny things sometimes and they can be pretty volatile. But uh, have you been getting on each other's nerves at all? We haven't, uh, funny enough. Uh, it's like, we kind of always are, semi-quarantined ourselves anyway because we kind of have our own little pod here and it was that way before the before this all happened but you know we get out and we do socialize a lot or we used to go out and socialize a lot but um you know in the end of the day it was always going home and then you know we don't talk about the weather we talk about business the entire time you know at dinner and after and stuff and you know it's kind of just all melds together for us it really since we started the company it's really not been a real big division between what's work and what's personal. It's really, I think that may be part of why it's worked so well for us that we didn't have to segregate and um, compartmentalize our lives so much. That's true. Yeah, because our work is our life and it is our pleasure. And, um, you know, we're both Capricorns. So 
We haven't killed each other yet. <laughs> and um, yeah. James and I, we migrated down to Palm Beach. We live uh, down here now, have for quite some time. And we were commuting back and forth to New York because it's a very easy commute. There's 5,000 flights a day. And um, then, of course, when the ta- pandemic hit, uh, most of our company has been working remotely. And James and I opened a store down here in Palm Beach to keep ourselves extra busy. Mm-hmm. And um, somehow Palm Beach never really slowed down. And um, and here we are. And, you know, we, we, we do what we do. And, yeah, it's been so strange. But at the same time, we found ways to be creative in ways that we never thought were going to be possible. Mm. So there's been a lot of challenges, but it's, you know, it's, it's, it's very interesting. Every great conversation needs a pause. So this is the perfect time to talk to you about our sponsor, TSC, who without their support, this podcast wouldn't be possible. Now, as you might know, I've covered the catwalks of Paris, Milan, New York, and London. And so you might ask, why have I partnered with a retailer like TSC, today's shopping choice? Well, I believe great fashion should be accessible to everyone. And TSC.ca is home to some amazing designers, wonderful Canadians like Brian Bailey, Kim Newport Mimran of Pink Tartan fame, and Hilary McMillan, as well as quality brands like Lamarck and Ron White Shoes. It's one-stop shopping for everything you need to make your own style statement. And of course, TSC offers so much more than mere fashion. Shop tsc.ca and discover some great brands at some great prices. I'm interested in how you two first met. It was at design school, right? You both uh, had lofty dreams, I'm sure, both wanting to get into fashion. And this is, you know, in the 80s when everything was going great guns. It was kind of the age of excess and power and fashion was incredibly transformational and had such a sexy, sexy vibe to it. I mean, still does to some degree, but of course. But tell me um, about the first time you ever met, the first day you set eyes on each other. Funny, because we went to, we went to Parsons, that's where we met, and at Parsons, they divide you into two sections. This gets a little bit boring, but they divide you into two sections. You're with the same, like, 40 to 45 kids, every single class you have for the entire semester. And Mark and I were all, it was, so we were both in different sections the entire time for until our senior year. Then we finally got in the same section and we had first, you know, you see everybody there because it's not a big school. So you see everybody. So Mark and I were going Then Parsons had a lot of social events. They had a lot of gallery openings, a lot of fun things for the students to go to. They were also part of the arts community in New York. And my best friend was this girl named Alexandra and Mark's best friend was this girl named Becky. And Becky was a model with Ford. She she modeled for Antonio. She was that famous shrimp dress picture with from Antonio. Yeah. Uh, my friend was beautiful, but they looked kind of alike, like sisters. And these girls hated each other on sight. They were fiercely competitive. Fiercely competitive. And whenever there was a, an event, they would we'd have to be in opposite corners of the of the event because these girls would get would claw each other's eyes out. So, uh, so, we, didn't, so we didn't know each other until yeah, senior year. In a peculiar way. We just never sort of met through school into our senior year when we were in the same class. And, um, and you know, was it love at first sight? Perhaps. Um, we started seeing each other. And like you said, that's when fashion was on steroids back in the 80s. Yeah. We graduated. Um, I went on to work for Donna Karen. 
James worked for Willie Wear, Willie Smith doing menswear, which was a really super fun brand at the time. Uh, and then we, not to get ahead of ourselves, but we did that for a couple of years. And then we both wanted to have our own, our own labels. We decided we were making plans for each. I was going to do a men's wear line. Mark was going to do a women's wear line. And then we said, why don't we combine our efforts instead of competing? Because eventually we're going to branch out and both do both. So why not do this? Because it's, it's also such an easy name to pronounce. Especially back in the day, it's like, why not make it as difficult as possible for somebody to say our name or pronounce us? Or it's true. So we did that, and we so we decided <laughs> to team our efforts instead of competing, and we started Badger Mishka at which is kind of a funny date. We started, we didn't even realize that we incorporated the company on August 8th, 1988. So it's 8888, which in Chinese folklore and Chinese uh, culture is extraordinarily lucky day. People got, there were a million marriages that day because it was such a lucky day. So that's just the day that our company was incorporated. And that's, uh, hopefully it's been an auspicious day for us ever since. Obviously the uh, gods were with you. Now, did you say that Mark wanted to do menswear initially and you wanted to? I did. I, yeah. Oh, you Yeah. Okay. You want to? So, so it sounds like one of you had to compromise that if you said, "Okay, I'll give up my menswear." You know? no, we started doing yeah. both. We did. Oh, both. it was going to be both. Okay. Uh-huh. And the menswear was beautiful. It was. It had a little bit of an evening slant to it. You know, it's certainly a niche market um, <laughs> in the United States. We sold it mostly to Japan and, and Europe, and uh, it was it was really fun and wonderful to do, especially for selfish reasons. We were sample size at the time. Yeah, in fact. <laughs> but then, you know, the the women started taking off. And, you know, of course, we didn't understand the, the pressures and the strains and the stress of, of the garment district until you're thrown in the trenches. And we couldn't possibly do both. So we put men's on the back burner and uh, we just focused on women's. And in the beginning... I think James sort of focused a little bit more on the tailored aspect of our women's clothing. And I was sort of um, focused more on the softer, you know, drapier side of the collection. It's funny today, I I would say it's almost the opposite. It seems like we've switched and my head's more in the other, his head's more in the other, but you know, it's a constant evolution. What about, the synergies that you had back then that made it feel right. I mean, would you say that one of you was more artsy and the other maybe was more businessy or was that in balance the whole time? I think I've got a little more right brain than Mark does. Um, we both are, we both have both right and left brain. Luckily uh, we, our backgrounds in school were in, before we went to Parsons, we both went to real schools too. And Mark was in marketing and I was in, in finance and psychology, oddly enough. Um, so it was, we both have that to offer as well. So we have both done every part of the company. When we started, we obviously, it was the two of us and one sewer. So we really had to do every single thing ourselves. Um, I was on the computer more than Mark was because we had one little tiny computer, a little a little Mac, I, Mac from the from the first days of Macintoshes. And just the fact that I would, did more of the women's illustrations. Yeah. His, his background was born men's. It just... Was sort of a natural thing that happened. are much prettier than mine. Yeah. yeah. I mean, James will play the dummy, but um, I would put my money on him any day. When it comes to a hardcore meeting in fashion and numbers, uh, he can cut to the chase. Doesn't matter what CFO, 
whatever store president that we've had run the helm of our office. Um, he, he's very good at that end of the business. In those early days when you're just sort of really, you know, learning about each other and learning about life and learning about the business, do you really have that kind of trust from day one? I mean, I, maybe it's different for different couples, but for you wow. two. You know, I mean, first of all, we went into it really understanding that we had a very similar aesthetic in, you know, the kind of clothes that we liked and, and the kind of looks that appealed to us. It was a time when American sportswear was like the big, big, big thing. It was all that, all that young designer time, you know, the late, late, late 80s and early 90s when there was... There were dozens of young designers starting out, and some of them are still around, but um, not that many. But it was all about American sportswear, and we felt that, you know, even though our background wasn't sportswear, mine was menswear, and Mark was Donna Karen, basically. We didn't want to do sportswear because there was, first of all, oversaturated, and we also liked to do clothes that were a little more fantasy. Um, we used to go out to nightclubs every night back then and Mark's has, Mark has a twin sister O'Hara who's absolutely beautiful he, who was our muse so we would go out with her and go out with other friends to you know area and other nightclubs and then they needed our friends needed clothes to go to these clubs and, and to look elegant and beautiful not necessarily the grungy club kid kind of stuff but the more fantasy kind of you know El Morocco kind of thing not mm-hmm. not so much you know yeah and cafeteria. till today I mean our inspiration constant source is is still old Hollywood and and you know take back to you know the the golden days of Hollywood and and that old school glamour which still reigns supreme you know as an inspiration to our collection Mm -hmm. today but getting back to your question I think in the very beginning we insisted on going to every appointment together you know we went to every fabric appointment together and we went to every every fitting fitting and over time of course and the demands of the industry. And once we really, you know, there was such a trust after a few seasons and a, a little bit more experience, you know, under our belts, we would go our separate ways. And I think that's one of the reasons why we've been able to be somewhat successful over the years is that we've always been able to be in two places at once. Mm-hmm. And I, I personally yeah. can't imagine doing this um, without a partner. I just can't. I don't see how people can. Yeah, but you never really had a, a third business partner involved. You were really running the show yourselves. That was the two of you, um, which is really quite sweet too. I'm wondering what, because boy, oh boy, the business has gone through some highs and lows, like no one could ever have imagined, right? I mean, it's just uh, brutal at times. And I'm sure there were probably times when you felt like, you know, that's at the end is not, you know, time to, uh, to, to close it and, and forget the dream altogether. I'm, or, uh, am I right? I mean, did that happen? Because it seems like the business is so volatile. That would be the kind of thing that would happen. Yeah. I mean, it, it's a brutal, I, I mean, it's extremely gratifying business, as we all know. Uh, you certainly can never get bored. It's one of the few businesses where you constantly get a fresh start. Just to a point that we've been partners with other companies that have been, you know, what you would call our backers, but there, and there have been times when they had their own business reversals and they had to make decisions that were not easy for them to do. And then sometimes we were the victim of those decisions. It was a really, really difficult time. And, you know, we powered through and got, you know, pressed to the next wave. And um, I think we're okay now and everybody's, everybody survived. Thank God. 
Uh, it was a really difficult time. We've been through that before. You know, luckily this time is not as bad as that was. Mm. So even though this pandemic has been so difficult, it has not been our worst, it's not been our darkest moment, that's for sure. How do the two of you survive as friends and lovers and creative collaborators, artists really? Um, because I truly believe that, you know, I know some people say, oh, you know, fashion designers aren't artists. I kind of don't believe that. I think there's a very strong artist within most fashion designers and you two uh, definitely have that in my mind. How do you nurture that relationship, you know, when the world around you just seems to be going up in smoke sometimes? I mean, I really think that the creative aspect of this industry, it's, it's extremely gratifying and it really feeds the soul. And I think if you're in into it for the wrong reason, I do think that you burn out and you burn out fast, you know, because this is certainly a business that you can crash and burn in. And I mean, if you fall asleep at the wheel for one second, you, you know, they just, you get driven over, you know what I mean? That's the worst part of this industry is just, we're all partial, partially to be blamed for this. And I think just now, I think people, and maybe it's even, you know, an offset of what's happened uh, during COVID, but I think people for, for once, they were sort of forced to hop off the gerbil wheel for, for five minutes and sort of relook at what they're doing and reassess the industry, all the crazy timelines and and deadlines that the industry is up against and sort of reassess the situation. But I think for me, I mean, it's, it, it's and, and James, I know if I speak for him as well, it's so gratifying when we see, you know, a woman in our clothes, uh, you know, out at night, whether it be at a restaurant or, you know, a year ago when it was at the opera, it's a, it's a, a constant source of gratification. And it's, it, it, you just never really get tired of it. It's just mm -hmm. when it's in your blood, it's just sort of in your DNA, you know? Do you ever actively, uh, consciously um, try to inspire each other? Um, do you ever really, you know, think, okay, we got to, you know, change things up a bit, make things more interesting for ourselves, you know, do, you know, acts of kindness even for one another. It's just going to help take one another to some other wonderful level. I mean, is, is that ever something that's conscious or does it all just come easy peasy? I think even though, you know, we seem to get along well and we do get along well, we also challenge each other all the time. It's never just a, okay, that's fine. If you say that's fine, it, that's going to start an argument because, there's there's nothing worse, than, nothing that, worse yeah. than saying, oh, that's fine. Yeah. Like if you're, you know, if you're a woman and you ask your husband, how do I look? And he says, oh, you look fine. You're gonna come <laughs> so it's the same where we are. He's like, show you a sketch. And I'm like, oh, that's fine. It's literally going to be an argument for the rest of the day and a fight and fireworks. So that's the only time we really fight is when people, when we're too complacent, which we never really are. Mm. So, but you have, you have to make an effort, you know, you really do. And I think if there was one thing that I could change, I just wish that you could just push a button and just put everything on hold for like two months and come back to where you left off. Yeah. Because there's never any breaks, you know, in this, in this industry, and I'm sure there's not in many, but it just comes and it comes and it comes and it can be exhausting, you know, mentally, it's draining from a creative perspective and um, it's a pressure cooker. And I think everyone has to find their own way 
so that it works for them. You know what I mean? You just you just have to. You two decided to get married uh, a few years back after a, a wonderful relationship. That just you know why why did you decide to do that? Take that extra step. You know, it was because, it? because we could. Yeah, mm-hmm. and because we could. It was never something that was you know the, the top we of our. We're never saying like, oh, why can't we get married? Or yeah. like because we have so many friends who of every combination of man, woman, and there many of their most successful ones are not married. There was a startling, there was a startling thing that happened. Um, one yeah. time James got very sick and had to go to the emergency room and they wouldn't let me in because we weren't related. Huh. And that was sort of a slap in the face. You know what I mean? That was like, kind of like, Oh, that's it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it was a variety of things. And has it changed anything? I mean, has it made it even better? Could it get better? <laughs> it feels the same. It to feels me. the same. Yeah. I think. Yeah. I mean, just you know, there's legal document and everything else, and it's great. And we have rings on now, which is great. <laughs> Except when Mark loses his. What do you tell each other uh, every day to keep each other going, or is it just the nature of the business that you know that forces you? to get out of bed and go through the door and keep on going. I think we have a routine. Yeah. I think that, you know, the important thing is that, you know, actually our dogs are what get us up in the morning because they, they demand to go out at a certain hour and they're like clockwork at, you know, six fifty. they start jumping on your face and kissing you and waking you up. And then we have to get up and walk them. We we truly are not that social. I mean, our clothes live, James and I have always said our clothes live much, much more exciting life than we do. Um, we spend more time trying to get out of things than trying to get to places and to things. We like to close the door at the end of the day and just turn on the music and relax, maybe sketch a little bit, read a little bit, watch an old movie. That to us is paradise. Why? Because life is so intense otherwise. But so you're not constantly talking about the business. We really make an effort to not, but... It goes with the turf, you know what I mean? Um, like I said before, it's like we're not talking about the weather, yeah. except, except when we are, because the weather's also important. But, yeah. you know, we're not just making idle conversation. If we're talking, it's going to be about something important. I would say that James is truly better at turning it off than I am. Definitely. I'm a worrier. and James is a worrier, but he internalizes things. He could switch. He could flip the switch, and I'm still learning how to do that. What advice would you give to uh, young creative people who wanted to launch uh, into a business together, who were partners to begin with? By all means, work for other designers first, and and yes, definitely make your mistakes on someone else's someone else's dime. Dime because. And we, we both were lucky enough that we got we had fantastic experience with our first jobs. Um, we both were able to sort of put our fingers into every part of the company, which was really important. And we, you know, I was not only in the design department, I was also in the PR department and the production department and the finance department because it was all a small company. Same with when Mark was at Donna, he, he was talking to everybody in the company and learning as much as you could about different parts because it's never just what you think it is. It's always going to be so much more. And as and hard then, as you think you're working for somebody else, which is what we thought, yeah, you, we thought we couldn't work any harder. We were wrong. You could definitely work harder. And also, I would never, it's never going to be the right time. 
people, conservative, you know, people or people that are trying to give your advice or family, they're always going to say, oh, this is probably not the right time. There's never the right time. When, when, when in your gut, when you feel like it's your moment, you just kind of go that's for the it. Right time. And that's the only thing that matters. You know, we started doing our evening clothes during grunge. James and I always had an affinity for glamour and, and, you know, sort of a put together more polished look. We opened up with 12 cocktail dresses right when no one was dressing up and it was grunge, 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 but then, but it kind of worked in our favor, you know, that, that we did it that way. Because you have that niche because that, it was so yeah. unique. It was, you know, it, it was, was weird. It was two American, two American guys doing pretty little dresses, pretty little yeah. dresses, which is, you know, unheard of at the time. It was like, yeah, it was, you know, it was, it was weird. Industry was, was um, just flooded with, you know, American sportswear and then clothes got very casual and, and the workplace was starting to get even more casual and minimalism was after growth. Minimalism. And um, we were never, we've never been minimal. No, <laughs> even though, I mean, business is so different today. My God, compared to when we started, you know, with everything, you know, look what we're doing right now and with our websites and, and yeah. Instagram. And, you know, when we started our business, everyone's really, they sort of stayed in their lane, so to speak. You, you quickly got uh, pigeonholed into a category of dressing that, you sort of had a forte in. And in a way that was very good because it really got across quickly to the consumer what a designer was all about, what they stood for, and they could really sort of establish an identity. And, you know, we were very much the red carpet, you know, dressing and glamour. And today it's hard to survive with, with such a narrow vision. You know, we probably do about 30 different product categories and the one thing that's true is the DNA, you know, our teacups are glamorous and our evening gowns are glamorous. There's a thread of glamour in everything that we do. And that kind of gives it our stamp. Um, and our customer, you know, it's the high and the low now before the couture customer would never dare of, of, of shopping in the sportswear department. And um, there just wasn't that crossover. Mm -hmm. as, as we know now, anything goes. There's no rules. Yeah. Um, it's just very, very different. Yeah. You've built uh, such a strong brand together and um, a brand that has such strong handwriting to it. You know, a brand that is so, it's it's recognizably Badgy Mishka. You know, it, it's a name that you say that name and, the, and you just know it stands for something. And uh, I, I know there was a, probably a lot of, you know, blood, sweat and tears that went into that along the way, but you must be pretty proud of this baby of yours and the fact that you have managed to, you know, to morph along the way too and to change with the tides of time. Yeah, we definitely have, um, like you said, there's been a lot of blood, sweat and tears in it. It's been, a, it's been a long journey. It's been, you know, it'll be in August, it'll be 33 years, which is kind of, it's, it's a long time in this business. And it's so weird because certain days we get up and we really kind of feel like we're just getting our acts together. Like we're just figuring it out. We're just starting, you know, it's, it's, it's really funny. And then other days it just seems like, you know, we have been at it for decades, but that's what's sort of fun and unique about this industry. I can't imagine anything sweeter than just having each other to, uh, you know, go down the road with. Well, here's to passion and uh, to continued success with everything uh, you two do. Just a delight reconnecting with you. And uh, we look forward to a whole lot more from the two of you. 
Vajali Mishka, thanks so much for being on this episode of Beyond Style Matters. Thanks for listening. To see video versions of the podcasts, check out tsc.ca slash stylematters. You can watch Style Matters Thursday on TSC or on the tsc.ca website. Till next time, I'm Jeannie Becker.